Nahum, chapter 1, verse 7. I will read the New International Version, and I will read the King James Version. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 7. In the New International Version, the Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. King James Version. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. That is in the King James Version. The message is, do you have the mentality of a worshiper? Do you have the mentality of a worshiper? Heavenly Father, before we get to the song and music, I ask that you please nourish our body and prepare our mind and spirit so that after, after the selection, we will be able to receive your message, not mine. My job is to decrease so that you can increase. So in the name of Jesus, open the windows of heaven and motivate us, inspire us with whatever your word is this morning. And help those understand me if they are not able to understand my speech impairment. Other than that, God, continue to be the awesome God that you are. Because without you, we cannot make it. We thank you so much for pulling us through another week. And with your help, we will get through this week too. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And if we take you for granted, please forgive us. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names. We give you glory and the praise and the honor in the name of Jesus, the one who paid the price on Calvary. Amen.
echelon. How echelon. How echelon. No matter what you're going through, God got you. How echelon. Is his name. Thank you, choir, for reminding me how excellent God is. Do you have the mentality of a worshiper? The purpose of my question is so that you can evaluate what kind of thing you have in your spirit. You might have to get rid of something. You might have to take on something in your spirit so that you can become better equipped to not be overwhelmed if you keep God first. Things might still happen, but you will not lose your mind. So, do you have the mentality of a worshiper? It is tempting to look at the ugly affairs of the world and come to the conclusion that God is not real or that he has simply forsaken you. Or maybe due to the thing that happened in your life, you become convinced that there is no hope for you and there is no reason to believe again. Prophet Naham, N-A-H-U-M, Prophet Naham, like most of us, was sad or frustrated with life. Many of his fellow Israelites gave up on God. They were being forced under the oppression of the Assyrian Empire. Very, very, very similar to the situation in Ukraine and Russia. Nahum and his people felt no sense of security. But yet, Nahum opened his mouth and said, hey, the Lord is good. Can you, can you look at your battle, battles and frustration, and still say, the Lord is good? Can you still do that and still say, the Lord is good? Some, some people, I'm not knocking anybody, but some people get so excited about a shit bedroom house with a big pool, but you know what? I get excited just having my car full tank of gas and still have some money to go to Walmart without asking my mama for some money. I get happy. Back then, when I was going through heavy depression after losing my daddy, I was spending money that I did not have. I snapped out of that. With God's help and wisdom, I got out of $12,000 debt in three years by myself. I get happy. I may not talk very well, 
but I am happy that I can get up and just laugh and make friends. I used to work at Food Lion. Good job, but just working, working out. But my mom said, just stay there. Just hold on, just stay there. I'm ready to go, mama. Baby, just stay. You don't know. I'm ready to go. Just stay. Mama, I've got to go. <laughs> but at the right time, I found another job at, in Cary. Okay. All I shared was, look, I need a job, blah, blah, blah. The man came back and said, here, he gave me that paper. He typed everything up. He said, can you start next week? I said, uh, I know it's going to look bad because um, I'm getting ready to go on my vacation. <laughs> it, it, it's not going to look good to ask for a job and then say, you're going on vacation. See, what happened was, when I applied for the job, you know they always say, we'll call you back. So it'll be a couple of weeks. Here he is, he tell me I got the job. And I got to tell him, uh, I'm getting ready to go on my vacation. He said, we'll wait for you. I got there and I had never been so loved. So loved. They threw me a party on my birthday. After two weeks working there, no, three weeks of working there, they threw me a big birthday party because they knew about my grandmother's passion. So you see, even though I go through some stuff, God still find a way to bless me. And I am happy. I don't have to have a shit figure salary to be happy. I don't have to have Gucci bag or Coach or Michael Cool clothes to be happy. I just be happy because I acknowledge God. Thank you. Can I say God is good after all that stuff I've been going through? Yes. I don't mind saying this. I am highly favored. I'm highly favored. If you are alive today, you are highly favored. Even if you die today, you are absent from the body, present with the Lord, you can still say, God is good. So, do you, do you have the mentality of a worshiper? Can you be willing to rise above your emotion and your observation? observation and proclaim God is good. Why and how can I feel this way when I am down and out? The key is joy. I need to explain the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is conditional. If I give you a present, this makes you happy. Joy is unconditional. See, even if I don't give you a present or a gift, you are still content because you know that based on our relationship, I will always be there for you, always. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nahum, our prophet for today, was not happy but he remained joyful in spirit because his faith was justified. His faith was justified by his relationship with God and his understanding of miracles and wonders of God Almighty. 
Likewise, we must remain faithful in joy because our faith is justified by the resurrection of Christ, whom we worship. In other words, we can and must take into consideration that because of his resurrection, we can still have joy. Many religions and philosophies have tradition, sanction, cultural demand, and or legend as the foundation. But we know better. Our faith is justified by the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, who conquered life and death. Let me put it like this. Would not you want to place your faith and trust in somebody who has fulfilled the ancient prophecies? And when he finished his business, he could not be restrained or held down by death. Now, if your joy is based on him who cannot be defeated, you're more than all right. You're more than all right. You're more than all right. His empty tomb is the message. His empty tomb is the message saying in Jesus' words, I came, I'm gone, and I'm coming back. Don't give up. I leave you my spirit and my word. Hold on to me, and I will pull you through. Because of his resurrection, I can hold up my head and walk. Because I know, because of his resurrection, because of his resurrection, I don't have to lose my mind. I don't have to lose my sanity. Because of his resurrection, I can still win even if I die. Because of his resurrection, I can still smile and say, what God has for me, it is for me. Because of his resurrection, nothing can hold me down. You see, as his worshiper, as his worshiper, I am entitled to the fruits of his resurrection. Even though I don't deserve it. So beloved, beloved, do you have the mentality of a worshiper? Nahum then said that the Lord is a refuge in times of trouble. This is where I have an image of a blue jay bird waiting out the storm 
in the safety of its nest. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus basically mentioned that if God cares for the little birds, why should we worry that he not notice us? Christ, Christ is endowed by God to be our nest of security, refuge of hope, pillar of strength, shield of power, light in the darkness, and the lifter of our head. Don't, please, do not let circumstances rob you of this revelation. So, so, do you have the mentality of a worshiper? As a worshiper, as a worshiper, you should have the mindset that declares that God is good no matter what you are experiencing. As a worshiper, you should know that God in Christ is the one true refuge. Finally, finally, Nahum made this last point in the verse of today. He cares for those who trust in him. The prophet trusted the Lord even though it was rough for him. Three reasons, three reasons I find why most of us struggle with trusting God. After you hear me out, just pick one that applies to you and pray about it tonight if you want to grow stronger in your faith walk with God. For those who like to take notes, here we go. Three reasons why most of us struggle with trusting God. One, you struggle with trusting God because you feel he has failed you. Listen, you have got to understand something about biblical promises. Biblical promises. Promises in the Bible. Okay, here we go. Some promises are for believers in the, in the Old Testament prior to Christ's earthly ministry. Some promises are for those who witness Christ doing his ministry on earth prior to his resurrection. Other promises are for us believers after his resurrection awaiting his return. So, promises are for the Old Testament saints. Some promises are for believers doing Christ's ministry on earth before his resurrection. And some promises are for me and you, believers, after his resurrection. The sooner you know this, the less time you, you will stay in confusion trying to understand how God operates. So next time you feel like God failed you, go and read the Bible and, 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 and see what, what, what's going on. Are you, are you basing your belief and your trust and your energy on one promises? And you 
waiting for that to come, you know, come to pass, maybe that promise is not for you. Some promises are for different people. You have to understand, the Bible is not just a book. The Bible is really a document of witnesses and prophecy that has spanned over 600 years. So take that into consideration. A lot of people, especially in the 90s and early 2000s, a lot of my friends, you know, got wrapped up in the prosperity gospel, where they thought reciting scriptures about enlarging, enlarging my territory, God will give me land of milk and honey and all that. God said he will provide. Basically, that's all you need to know. God will provide. But when we get so specific and then it doesn't happen, we say, oh, God filled us. No, you know, I'm going to be woke. No, you're not woke. You're just mistaken. <laughs> Number two, you struggle with trusting God because sin, S-I-N, distorts reality. Anytime you operate outside the word of God, you become hardened against the sweetness of his grace and the fidelity of his infinite wisdom. As a matter of fact, don't you ever notice that unbelievers get real mad or sarcastic when he or she is around a child of God? Unbelievers love to roll their eyes when somebody brings up the goodness of Jesus. That's because their sin blinded them, thus preventing them from seeing the reality of what God is doing behind closed doors. What about you? Are you placing more importance to your own emotion, ego, lifestyle, pride, desires, and or peers than what says the Lord? You're basing all that stuff more important than what God says. That's what sin does. Sin pushes you away from the importance of what God says. Yes. The distance. Yes. Anything could get in the midst of the distance, right? Now, here, not, not much can get in the middle. But here, a lot of stuff can be in the middle. If you have this much distance. So, sin, nobody perfect. Just ask yourself how much distance you have. Then fix that, okay? Don't get me wrong. I've been guilty of this sometimes. But I stay on course because I need him every day and every hour. So, number three, you struggle with trusting God because you become too tired. Life has worn you down. Battle and frustration have been aggravating you. Be not discouraged, my friend. Be not dismayed. Imagine the physical and emotional turmoil Nahum endured. But yet he had faith enough to believe and proclaim that the Assyrian capital of Nineveh would be torn apart. And he did. The capital of Assyria was torn apart. He refused to stop dreaming and believing. I do not know what it's like to be in Nahum's shoes, but I know something about being too tired to believe. 
I have had to energize myself in the word, impress on, in spite of my hearing loss and speech impairment, I pushed myself through college and graduate school and got myself both a master's degree of divinity, Christian ministry, and a master's degree in business administration. Furthermore, I decree and declare within myself that one day I will own a house or a condo. And one day I will be a senior pastor of a small growing church within Wake County or somewhere close to home after I leave this wonderful church. Side note, I'm not in a hurry to leave here. But I got a right to dream for what I went to school for. So whatever, whatever it is that preventing you from trusting Jesus Christ, take it to God in prayer. Do you have the mentality of a worshiper? A worshiper knows that God is great and greatly to be praised. A worshiper knows that God is reliable. A worshiper knows he or she can always trust God. Yeah. This mindset can only be cultivated and nourished by the conscious decision to live in his presence. Apostle Paul knew this, for he wrote in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, for us to come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and the help for help in the time of need. Come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace, find grace, find grace to help in the time of need. When you study the word, you are in his presence. When you are around prayerful saints and believers, you are in his presence. When you pray in the name of our risen Savior, Christ Jesus, you are in his presence. When you are kneeling at the altar, consecrated for Christian service, you are in his presence. When you help a homeless person while thanking a Jesus in your heart, you are in his presence. When you are alone in your car, asking God for strength to get through the day. You are in his presence. You see, something changes inside of you when you consistently stand in his presence. You begin to make him your top priority. You begin to walk in wisdom instead of lust and instant gratification. You find joy in your storm instead of dwelling on the negative. You now know the difference between temporary pleasure versus things of eternal value. Simply put, you begin to grow and mature, and that can get you down because you're a worshiper. Let me make one thing clear. Worshiping God is not going to erase your problem and your dilemmas. However, living as a worshiper of the one true God enables you to experience the reality of the fact that God loves you and that you are never alone. 
Such reality spells out grace, G-R-A-C-E. Did I not tell you that from what Apostle Paul says in chapter uh, 4 of Hebrews? Verse 16, come boldly to his throne and he'll give you grace and help. If you are broke, you can go to his throne. If you are tired, you can go to his throne. If you're tired in your soul, you can go to his throne. If you feel hopeless, you can go to his throne. If you feel not alone and nobody understands you, you can go to his throne. If you feel confined by some sort of disability, you can still go to his throne. If you feel forsaken or abandoned, you can still go to his throne. When you have a broken heart, broken dream, you can still go to his throne. If you are trying to get out of an abusive relationship, you can go to his throne. If you don't know where your daddy is, you don't know where your mama is, you can go to his throne. If you, feel if you are unemployed, hold on, you can go to his throne. If your life's been cut off and you don't know where to get the next $5, you can go to his throne. Don't let nothing stop you from going to his throne. There's nothing too hard for God. You are not insignificant. Just trust him. Worship him. He knows you by name. He knows you by heart. He's there for you if you let him. I know somebody who can help you. He can pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on solid ground. He can rearrange stuff in your life and reposition you for the greater good. He kept you this far. I know who I am talking about. He pulled me out of many situations. I done seen what he had done for me and what he is about to do for me. What God has for me, it is for me. I cannot explain it. You won't be able to explain it. All we can do is just experience it. I'm so glad that I know him. I'm so glad I know him. I'm so glad that I know him. Because he done set me free. He covered me in grace. Grace that I don't deserve. Grace that shown me that my God is indeed good. Grace that shown me that he is my refuge if I let him. Grace that shown me I can trust him day and night. Grace that prophet spoke of today. So I ask you, beloved, do you have the mentality of a worshiper? We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.